You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Okay. Yeah, it's good. We're going to be fasting from tomorrow. This fast is most of the time the highlight in some people's lives. Correct? Amen. <laughs> yeah, that is when you discipline your body. And you cause your body to line up. A lot of times we struggle because the flesh is stronger than the spirit. When our flesh is stronger than our spirit, we struggle to do the will of God. So it becomes easier to do the will of God when your flesh is under subjection. And your spirit is empowered. So... Um, we will be on a journey. We will embark this journey from tomorrow. From tomorrow morning. 5.30 a.m. We will be here to pray. Amen. That's a godly hour. <laughs> the cool of the day. That is the cool of the day. That is the time that God usually visits his people. Amen. If you read the book of uh, Genesis in the garden. Bible says that God would come in the cool of the day to commune with Adam. So that's the time we are going to be gathered. All right? So if you are not an early person, just discipline your flesh. God will give you grace. He will strengthen you. And I want you to do this fast not by the flesh, but by the spirit, by the fire. Let there be a fire that will be released into your life. To enable you to soar. I want this fast to be your easiest fast. Amen. <laughs> you believe that? Amen. Yeah, you will, you will fly like an eagle. Amen. You soar on the wings of the wind. All right, so we start tomorrow. And we're going to do it different this time. Okay? Every time we go to, we go to a fast, I usually like would seek the Lord as to how we should go about it. And um, this, this year, we're going to go through the purple book. How, how many of you have heard of the purple book? Okay, some of you haven't. Now, this is it. It's in the bookshop, in the proverb bookshop. After the service, you need to get a copy of this book, all right? It's just 45 rand. And we're going to go through it. You will go through it and you will pray. Because what we're going to do is to establish some, to, to reinforce and, and, uh, and release fire to your foundation. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. Yeah. So we want fire in your foundation, in your Christian foundation. Amen. So this is, this is a tool that we use for biblical foundation. So we'll take it and mix it with fire. Somebody say mix with fire. Mix yeah. So we want to mix your life with fire. Yeah. Your foundation with yeah. fire. Yeah. All right? So that's what we're going to do. Do yourself a favor. Get a copy after the, after the service uh, in the Proverb Bookshop. And uh, yeah, I think we have enough copies. And uh, if, if, you, if you go late, I don't know. I can't, I can't help you. Maybe Edith will help you somehow. Okay, so it's, it's very important. And let me just say this for those of you that uh, might 
might not be able to make in the mo early morning. If you get it tonight, what we're going to do, every day you go through two lessons. Okay? You will work through two what? Lessons. lessons. You work through two lessons. You read the scriptures and you fill it in. It's a workbook. So you cannot say my wife has it. <laughs> Everybody needs a copy. <laughs> All right? Yeah, because you are going to write in it. You're going to write in it, and then we will guide you to pray. This is going to help you to be strong in the ABCs of Christianity. Amen. You know, many people want to be professors, but they can't read and write. How many people know that that's a disaster? Yeah, so some people want to be strong Christians, but they don't know the ABCs of Christianity. They don't know the ABCs of the gospel. So here, you will find the ABCs that everybody needs. Because God is preparing us to disciple this city. So if we're going to disciple this city, you yourself must be strong. You must be well-founded on the Word of God. And your foundation must carry fire. Because your life is going to be fiery. Okay? So that's just, uh, just, just, that's just an announcement. It's not the message. Talk to someone and say, it's not the message. It's just an announcement. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. The Lord is good. He is on our side this morning. And He is in our midst. He is in your life. And He is here to do great things. He's here to do great things. We've been talking about the fire of God. And throughout this fast, we're going to be also dealing with the fire. And we will see how we, can, how we can mix it with our life. Okay? Especially in terms of foundation. And um, this morning, I want to continue. Last week, we were talking about the fire that brings clarity. Am I correct? Yeah. So we're going to continue on that. But then I'm going to take you in a, in a direction that also will help you to see there are certain things that the enemy uses to hinder us from progressing in life. There are certain things, there are certain strategies that the enemy employs. Or should I say there are certain tools that the enemy uses to, to hinder us from moving forward in life. Either it is in, in, in terms of God's purpose, or it's in terms of your career, or it's in terms of your spiritual life, or what God has called you to do. The enemy employs certain, certain tools. In fact, he uses them. They are more or less like weapons that are used. He fires them into your life to cause you not to be able to stick to the direction of God for your life. So we're going to deal with some of these things. Obviously, it's not conclusive, but uh, we're going to touch on some of these things. And I'm going to show you from the scriptures how we're going to how the enemy uses this, but also we're going to deal with them. Amen. Are you excited about that? Amen. Yes. So the clarity we're talking about this, this morning is, is a clarity that comes by fire. But let's start by, by reading a scripture in the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. It says, but the path of the just is like the shining sun. 
that shines brighter and brighter unto what? The perfect day. The path of the just. How many people are just here? Okay, he has justified you, especially if you're a child of God. If you're not, you can be just. You can be justified. By the end of this service, you'll be justified. Just as if you've never sinned. Okay? The word just is a, is a, is a judicial term. In the Greek, it means to declare righteous. To declare righteous. So God makes a pronouncement over your life by virtue of the blood of Jesus and declares you just. All right? So the path of the just is like what? A shining sun. All right? A shining sun. The old King James says a shining light. Um, How does the Amplified put it? Or let's look at the NIV. Let's look at the NIV. The NIV says, The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. You know this morning when you woke up? I don't know what time you woke up. If you are like me, I like to wake up early. Now, I had to train myself to wake up early. I was not always like that. But I have to train myself to wake up early And a lot of times I like to wake up before sunrise. Okay? So the first gleam of dawn. By the time the first gleam of dawn (laughs) comes, it's it's, it's, it's it's likening your life to the way a day begins. Okay? Okay? Your life is like the way a day begins. So, there's the first gleam of dawn. Okay? Shining ever brighter. So, it starts, things get clearer. Okay? It's getting clearer. As the clock is ticking, it's getting clearer. It's getting clearer. And it's getting clearer. Till the full light of day. How many people know that when it's noon, you don't carry a torchlight? Or what the Americans call flashlight. You don't carry that at noon. Although I know <laughs> there's this guy, this musician in Nigeria, they, he, used to, he, used to, he used to carry a torchlight in the daytime. So when he's performing, he just puts it on. <laughs> Ask me why. I don't know. But there is, there is, a, there is a, 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 uh, a saying where I come from. There's a city in Nigeria called Kano. It's the second largest city. Over 10 million people. Okay. So they used to say that if you, whatever you bring to Kano, there's somebody that will beat you to it. So they're just talking about that city. So this guy goes to Kano, and what does he see? He sees someone in the daytime selling something by the, by the roadside, and he had a lantern on. In the daytime, the lantern was on. Now, it's like, so this guy sees it, and, and he now brings out a torchlight, and he's flashing. 
to see <laughs> what to buy, <laughs> to see what this person is selling. And it's all in broad daylight. <laughs> so the guy is trying to say to them, listen, I'm also more ridiculous because you use a lantern in the daytime. Now, it's not like when you go to the restaurant here and they, 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 they light something to be romantic or to chase away flies. No, no, no. One is to see. So the light of the sun is better, is clearer than the light of the lantern or the torchlight. Are you getting me? So your life is such that God wants to bring so much clarity in your life. So that every step you take should take you into more clarity. And I believe that this year, your life is going to get clearer than it has ever been. It's going to get clearer than it has ever been. And it is by fire. It is by fire. So, it doesn't matter where you are right now, if you will follow, if you will follow the Spirit of God, if you will walk in line with the Word of God, things will get clearer. Concerning your life, concerning your future, concerning your career, concerning your relationships, concerning your family, it's going to get clearer. I don't know about you. That sounds like good news to me. Amen. Sounds like good news. Let's read it in the Amplified. How does the Amplified put it? It says, but the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn. So that's the way your life is. That shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. That's talking about you. That's you. Come on, talk to someone and say, that's you, that's you. Yeah. Things will get clearer. Full strength. Come on, perfect day. Perfect day. That's what God wants to do in your life. So I don't know what situation you are faced with. I don't know where you are coming from. But I know where you are going. By reason of the scripture. So have you noticed that it's not even talking about where the righteous is coming from. No, 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 no. It's talking about where you are to where you are going. That's good news. So that's why we need the fire that brings clarity. You, you notice that the sun, you know, the sun is, uh, I don't know how many, I, I can't remember my, my physics now. But the, the, how many degrees is the sun? Mega degrees. Yeah. So the sun has the ability to evaporate the whole earth. 
by reason of its intensity. The heat. So he's saying that the just is like that. There is a place you can get to where your life will evaporate certain things. It will burn certain things. Do you understand me? Yeah, certain things will be consumed by the fire of God upon your life. There are certain obstacles that you don't need to struggle with. Just release the fire. To burn them. Not only to ashes. To vapor. It will vaporize them. That's what a consuming fire is. When it says uh, your God is a consuming fire, that's what happens. So when the fire burns it, it burns it until there's no trace. So there are many things in your life that will not be traced this year. They will not be traced anymore. People will look at your life and it's like, what happened to you? The fire has consumed them. This is the kind of fire that in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, you remember Elijah and the prophets of Baal? Elijah asked them to pour water into the trenches. Normally, you use water to extinguish fire. Am I correct? But if you read that scripture, you found that the fire leaked the water. Say there is fire and there is fire. Fire, fire past fire. Uh, do, you, do you get that? Yeah. Say fire past fire. Fire past fire. Yes. Yes. That's how we would say it in Nigeria. Fire past fire. In other words, yes, this is a fire, but there's a fire that is superior to this other one. So I want you to know that Satan has his own fire. Satan has his own fire, but the the fire of God is superior to the fire of Satan. It's superior. And that's why you don't need to be afraid of any situation. You shouldn't be afraid of any demon. You shouldn't be afraid of any bad news. Hallelujah. The fire of God is superior. If they tell you there is heat here, there is fire coming from this place, don't be moved. Don't be perturbed because there is a superior fire that is within you. Let me show you a scripture in Ezekiel 28. Let's look at that and see that Satan, there is no chance for him. Do you understand me? I said what? There is no chance for the enemy. There's no chance for him when it comes to your life. Look at verse 14 of Ezekiel 28. It says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I establish you. You were on the body, uh, sorry, on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Now, he's talking about Satan before Satan fell. This was before he was thrown out of heaven. 
This was when he was still fulfilling his ministry and was still fulfilling his purpose of existence. The reason for which God created him. So the Bible says that he was walking forth in the midst of fiery stones. He was one of the few angels that could walk in fiery stones. Hmm? Yeah. And then he says, you were perfect. You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created. Till iniquity was found in you. You were perfect. Satan, you were perfect. God made you flawless. Flawless until the day iniquity was found in you. Until the day lawlessness came into you. Right there in heaven, iniquity came. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? What happens is that when you allow, when you don't allow the fire of God to burn in your life, there are other things that will burn in your life. Yeah. Other things will burn in your life. You see, one of the laws of thermodynamics says that when you, um, when you put, matter does not improve, right? It deteriorates. Am I correct? Engineer? Correct? Yeah. So, what is your best meal? Pasta. Okay. Now, you cook this pasta, right? I don't know how you like it, but it is well cooked, well prepared. This is your best meal. Cook it and then just keep it on the table, right? Travel to Limpopo, spend two weeks, and come back... When you come back, you will eat that pasta, right? No. Why not? It will be spoiled. Why will it spoil? You, 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 you see, so it didn't improve. Ah, come on. Why won't it improve? But you like it. You love it so much. Don't you have faith? Don't you have faith to just eat it? Just, just pray over it and eat it. Because you don't want to waste it, right? <laughs> She'll make another one. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you see, the point is that if you leave anything and you don't do anything, right, to keep it. Yes? If you don't do anything to keep it in the right condition. If you don't create the right atmospheric condition, yeah. right, it will naturally deteriorate. Yeah. Yes. So, and that's how your heart is. That's how your heart is. That's how your life is. If you don't do something to keep it hot, it will deteriorate. The law of thermodynamics will come into play. And when it comes into play, anything can germinate from your heart. Anything. That's what happened to uh, Lucifer. He was there in the presence of God, but he was not guarding his heart. So that's why you, 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 you don't... You, don't you wonder why sometimes people will come to church, they are like... Serving God, and then they just do something. And you're like, but I thought 
Moses was a child of God. How can a child of God do this? How can you be so wicked to me? Lack of fire. That's what leads to that. Okay? So he was walking through the fiery stones, but he was not allowing the fire to work in him. So he had a form of fire. Outwardly, there was fire. But inwardly, no fire. Zero fire. And he didn't realize that there is a law in the universe that God had put in place. Say, Lord, help me. I'll never forget years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, Eric, every angel has the potential of being a devil. So he said to me, if you don't guard your heart, you'll be shocked at what will come out of you. Oh, she is so nice. He is so fine. Come on. Yeah, he can be fine. But I'm telling you, if nothing is done, you'll be shocked at the monster that that fine person will turn into. Because there's no fire. How much you seen many leaders are put into office? Good agenda. This is a man of the people. He has a heart. He loves the nation. Come on. Give him time. When the heart is left on the table. Like the pasta, like the bowl of pasta is not attended to, it's just left to care for itself. Other creatures will come out of it, and you'll be surprised. So, God did not make the devil, God made Lucifer, but Lucifer transformed into a devil. Okay, yeah. Ish. I don't know. I didn't plan to do, go into these details. But look at, let's skip to verse 18 because of time. Verse 18, he says, You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. By the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire. From where? From your midst. From your midst. It devoured you. And I turned you to ashes heaped upon the earth in the sight of all who saw it. So the fire, the judgment of Lucifer is already inside him. The fire that will destroy him, he's carrying it. Yeah, he's carrying it and he's going wherever he's going. He's carrying fire inside. There's already the fire that will come out from his midst from within him. And that's why he has the ability to ignite some strange fires in the hearts of people. Does it make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, right? That's why you see some people can be passionate about the wrong things. 
Somebody can just get up and he's so passionate about your car that he decides to take it. Even though it doesn't belong to him. It's a passion. It is a fire. Yeah, it is a fire. So he, he, he just comes up and he sees this thing and he's like, wow. No, this is, this is, this is awesome. Yeah, this, I deserve this. Hmm? I deserve this. So what is happening? It is a fire. So it possesses him. It takes over. Then the next thing, he works out a strategy to take it. That's why we have hijacking. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do we have adultery fornication? It's a fire. It's a fire. Someone will just look at you, look at your wife and say, you don't deserve this wife. Hmm? And say, this wife belongs to me. And uh, this fire will burn. And you'll do something. So that's what leads to murder. That's what leads to all sorts of things. It's from within. It's from within. That's why Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, Let's look at Mark chapter 7. <laughs> Pastor, I thought we were talking about clarity. and Yeah, that's all. It, yeah, it's getting clearer. It's getting clearer. What is blinding you is not what you think. Okay, Mark chapter 7. Um, I read from verse 19. Uh, sorry, verse 18. So he said to them, are you also without understanding? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from the outside cannot defile him? Right? Because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach. So these guys were upset that the disciples of Jesus were eating food without washing their hands. And it's, it's not washing hands for the purpose of hygiene. But they had a tradition whereby for before you eat, there is a ceremonial washing. You have to wash your hand in a particular way. It's a ritual. And they believe that that's how to be, uh, to be cleansed. So you don't get defiled when you eat. So they, they said, your disciples just eat without washing hands. Because I know some people read this and they don't want to wash their hands before they eat. No, basic hygiene teaches that you wash your hands. Come on. Yeah. So don't come and quote this scripture out of context and say, well, Jesus said, you know, it's not what enters into a man. No. No. Wash your hands. Because if you catch some germs, you, you don't blame God for falling sick. Okay. So Jesus was not talking in terms of hygiene, but it was a, a religious ceremony. Of hand washing. So that's why he says it's not what gets into a man that defies him. Why? Because it enters into the stomach and it gets eliminated. It doesn't stay permanently in the body. Right? When the pub you ate three days ago is not inside anymore. Hopefully. <laughs> Hope is not still there. Because they say, they say that, uh, well, the doctors, you can correct me, but they say that 
One of the keys to health is movement. Yes? It's movement. So either physical movement or bowel movement. Yes? Yeah, so movement is key to health. Yeah, so when you spend one week and there's no bowel movement, how many people know you're not okay? You're not okay, yes. So Jesus is telling them when you eat, whatever you take in goes out, it's eliminated. But look at what he says. Um, next verse. Verse 20. Then he says, What comes out of a man, all right, that defiles a man? In other words, it's, it's what comes out. So, in other words, there's something already inside. And it's when it comes out that it defiles. And that's why you need fire inside so that the fire inside can destroy that which defiles. Are you getting my point? Now, look at some of the things from within. Out of the heart of men proceed what? Evil thoughts. So, for someone to sit down and plan how to destroy another life. How many people know that it is evil? Yeah? yeah? So when you sit down, you plan to destroy another life. It is evil and it will defile you. That thought will defile you. That thought will defile you. Okay? Proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. All these things are from within. But how did they get there? Just like. Like the, the bowl of pasta. That was kept on the table for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happens in the hearts of people. Many, many times we, we read the scriptures. You need to, you need the spirit of God to open your eyes. So that you can apply it to your daily life. The Bible is not just a book of stories. This is to help us live a successful life. Okay. Next verse. Look at it says, uh, thefts, covetousness, these are all things that come out of the heart, right? Wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride. <laughs> let's, let's look at that. What is, what, come on, what is that? Foolishness. Should we pack here a bit? Reverse and park. Reverse parking. <laughs> foolishness. You know, I thought foolishness is just a simple, you know, uh, just a state of confusion. and a state. No, 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 no. Jesus says it defiles. So he's putting it in the same category as adultery, as murder. Come on. Have you ever seen foolishness like that before? May God deliver every one of us from foolishness. Yes, you must pray this prayer. Lord, I don't want foolishness in my life. I don't want to be foolish. How can a, the, the, the child of a wise God be foolish? So that means foolishness is not from God. Foolishness is not from God. Where is it from? It's from the other kingdom. 
I don't know about you. I hate foolishness. But the fire of God will consume every foolishness. So sometimes the enemy wants to attack you, right? He doesn't come physically. He can just throw foolishness. It's a tool. Have you not seen people do dumb things? Oh, okay. Have you not done dumb, dumb things? Let's bring it closer home. Have you ever done something dumb? And it's like, what came over me? Have you been there before? Or is it just me? What, what was I thinking? Have, have they ever asked you like that? That kind of question. What were you thinking? Did your mother ever ask you one day, what were you thinking? Yeah. So what, what is it that brings that about? It's foolishness. Say, Lord, deliver me. From every foolishness. Every kind of foolishness must be driven out of your life by fire. Yeah. Certain behaviors you look at, you just know this is a foolish this is foolishness in operation. I don't know about you. I, I don't want to be foolish. I want to be wise. <laughs> Amen. Foolishness. Look at verse 23. It says, all these evil things come from within and what? Defile a man. So foolishness comes from within, but the purpose of that is to defile you, is to confuse you, is to put darkness over your life, is to put a veil over your life. Yeah. So Satan will come and try to convince you to do something that is foolish, but he lies to you and tells you that, you know, just, just open your mind. Just be open-minded. How many people have been told that before? Come on. Yeah, you, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, yes? Come on. Why, 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 are, you so be, why are you being so narrow-minded? Open your mind. Open your mind. I've been told that many times. Come on, open your mind. To what? So opening the mind is not a problem. But to what? Are you getting my point? What should I open my mind to? Is it to foolishness? No. I don't want to open my mind to foolishness. I want to open my mind to God. I want to open my mind to the word of God. So every foolishness. Somebody say, every foolishness foolishness in my life. life. Everything Everything that defiles. From within me, me, I command command to be consumed consumed by fire fire. in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Let the refiner's fire fire be released released deep down down within me. me. Purify my heart. heart. Refine my thoughts. Refine my my motives in the name of Jesus. So, if you don't deal with this, all right, just think about this. You, are, you, you, have, you have a major interview, okay? And this is something you've been praying for, believing God for. Now you come, it's time for the interview. You are before the interview panel, then foolishness enters you. <laughs> How many people will get that job? Come on, you just, you just go there and just... Just babble and, and they'll just say, wow, 
We just like your face. And then they, is that how it works? So that's how the enemy robs people. At certain points, he causes foolishness to manifest. That will cause them to abort what God is about to manifest. Yeah. It's real, I'm telling you. Sometimes I used to pray, Lord, deliver me from foolishness. I don't want to be foolish. Many people, they say a fool at, uh, <laughs> at 40 is a, is a fool forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you need, when you get to a certain stage, because the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Do you understand? In the heart of a child, there's foolishness. The Bible says there's foolishness bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction. Somebody say the rod of correction. The rod of correction drives it away from him. It drives it away from him to save his soul. Yeah. To save his soul. To stop him from going into hell. He needs a rod. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but you see, what, what the enemy has tactically introduced into our society, he has, first of all, blurred the lines between abuse and discipline. Okay, so people are confused. They don't know when it is discipline and when it is abuse. So now there is legislation in place that there should be no corporal punishment. Why? Because it's abuse. It depends on how it is meted out. Because even God disciplines. <laughs> so who is going to legislate against God? Yeah? So sometimes for God to deliver us from foolishness, he allows us to go through certain things to discipline so that we can be delivered from foolishness. <laughs> fire is good. Because fire consumes foolishness. Consumes foolishness. So I don't know about you. I don't want to be a cold Christian. I don't want, I don't want to be a lukewarm Christian. I want to be hot. All right? So one of the tools that the enemy uses... Thank you. Look at that scripture, Proverbs twenty-two, fifteen. Let's read it together. Come on, one, two, three. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Can you see that? The rod of correction. So you correct. Obviously, it should be done in love. You don't correct in anger. You don't correct in anger. You you sandwich your correction with love. All right? One layer of love, one layer of correction, and one layer of love on top. Then when the child bites it, it will be healthy. <laughs> Glory to God. And that's why God will tell you how much he loves you. But then he will chastise you. And after that, he will embrace you. Tell you how much he loves you. That's how God works. 
So when people refuse discipline, they are subscribing to, ah, what will I call it? To the life of a bastard. To the life of someone that is fatherless. So when you cannot take correction, it means you are fatherless. And that's what Satan wants. He wants you to be fatherless so that he can deal with you. Now, and I'm not talking biological now. I'm talking spiritual. Okay? So how many people, sometimes you come to church and the word is like a rod. You, have, you, have you experienced that before? Okay. That's because you are loved. Because you are loved. So some people have gotten offended. Oh, Pastor, why, why, why does the pastor talk like this? No, no, no. It's time for discipline. It's time for discipline. Have you ever seen a family where there's no discipline? That's a problem. That's a disaster. Okay? So you need that. Touch your neighbor. Say you need that. You need discipline. You need discipline. Okay. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Should I give you more? Okay. The other thing is this. Satan, Satan likes to mimic God. So he looks at God. He sees how God does things. Then he goes and does the same thing in the opposite way. You remember in the book of, uh, in the book of Genesis? Chapter 11. In Genesis chapter 11, there was, um, there's an account there from verse 1, where they decided to build a tower. All right? God's plan was for them to be scattered throughout the whole earth. But these guys didn't want to be scattered. Okay? They didn't want to be scattered, and then they decided to embark on this project. To build a skyscraper that will be dedicated to the heavens. Now, God has no problem with skyscrapers. Or else he would have destroyed America. He would have destroyed Dubai. He would have destroyed Tokyo. He would have destroyed, you know, China. He would have destroyed Joburg CBD. He would have... <laughs> no, he, he doesn't have a problem with, with, with high-rise buildings. Okay? Am I right, engineer? Or else God would have destroyed you <laughs> for building. <laughs> yeah. So, verse, 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 verse 4. Okay. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens. You see, this, this statement, whose top is in the heavens, means whose top is dedicated to the heavens. They were already into astrology. They were already worshipping stars. They were already worshipping the sun. Okay? The project manager is Nimrod. So, and the tower whose top is in the heavens. Then, look at, he says, let us make a name for ourselves. God never called you to make a name for yourself. Come on. He never called you to make a name for yourself. So if you had that, maybe you've been motivated so much that you want to make a name for yourself. Better be careful that you don't join this, this company. Okay? 
he called you to make, to make his name famous. Amen. Not to make you famous. Alright. Okay. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. That's the problem. They didn't want to be scattered. Can you imagine if the whole of the human race is somewhere in between the Middle East and North Africa? God wanted them everywhere. All right? Then verse 5. Let's read quickly. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Okay? And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. This is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. All right? Come, let us go down there and do what? Confuse their language. Confuse their language. That they may not understand one another's speech. Let me pause there. This is a strategy. Confusion is a strategy. In fact, confusion can be used in war. So what God did is he decided he wants to stop this project. So what does he do? He introduces confusion. So when you say water, he will hear Fool. You say, please, can you give me water? He hears, you are a big fool. <laughs> then guess what happens? A fight begins. Yes. So that's what the enemy does. Even in families, in our relationships, he introduces confusion in order to stop the project that God is doing. introduces it into churches, he introduces it into homes, he introduces it into offices, he introduces it everywhere. He, he says, wow, God used this and it worked. I'm going to use it as well. So we want fire to consume every confusion. <laughs> yes. So sometimes the enemy uses confusion to stop you from moving forward. How many people have been confused before? Have you ever been confused before? Okay, some of you have not gotten there. You're still living in heaven. Some of us who are still living on earth, and you know, we're still believing God to grow to your level. We used to get confused sometimes. So, and when we get confused, it's a bad thing. Because we can't move forward when we are confused. Correct? So that's why we need clarity. Say, say, say clarity. Yeah, clarity. We need clarity because confusion is not good. Confusion is not good. Every spirit of confusion over your life, I rebuke right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I rebuke them. You will not be confused about your future. Amen. You will not be confused about your family. Amen. You will not be confused about your career. Amen. You will not be confused about your life. Amen. You will not be confused. Confusion is not godly. It's ungodly. Confusion is, in, is from hell. Okay? But here, God used confusion to stop the project. And in case you don't, you, you, you don't, in case you're not aware, God still uses confusion. Sometimes when I pray, I, I release confusion into the camp of the enemy. So when the enemy plans against you, and you pray, sometimes I release confusion. Then they'll begin to fight each other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 70, Psalm 70. Let's look at Psalm 70. 
See how God uses confusion in warfare. Um, Psalm 70. Okay, let's read from verse 1. It says, make haste, O God, to deliver me. <laughs> make haste to help me, O Lord. How many people have felt that way? Yeah. God, hurry up. <laughs> I'm going under. Hurry up, Lord, quickly. Yeah. So David, I like this guy. He's so real. He didn't paint his, his prayer, you know? It wasn't a flowery prayer. Oh, oh thou that sittest on the circle of the earth and possessed eternity, may thou come down and assist me. May thou accelerate the operation of thy power to deliver thy servant. All of that. Make haste, O oh God. <laughs> deliver me. Take me out of this mess. Help me, O oh Lord. Look at the next verse. He says, Let them be ashamed. And what? confounded who seek my life. Let them be turned back and what? Confused who desire to desire my hurt. So when they desire your hurt, release confusion. Listen, this has worked for me. I remember years ago, right? We were, we were at home uh, one Sunday evening just after supper, relax, watching TV, and this, this happened in Nigeria, and some robbers came into the house. They just walked in, and as they walked in with their guns, light up, light up! Went down on my face. My wife, we all went down. Quiet, quiet! And then under my breath, I said, Lord, I release confusion. I release confusion. I release confusion into their, into their hearts. You know what happened? They say, who is, the, who is the owner of this house? I say, it's me. Come, show us where the money is. Somebody told us you have U.S. dollars here. <laughs> where are the dollars? I said, I don't have any dollars. No, we were told that there's dollars here. What do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. Then they call my wife. Where are the jewelry? Come on, open. Open everywhere. And see your clothes. They took some things. Took, 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 took. Well, under my breath, I say, confusion. Confusion. In the name of Jesus, confusion. Confusion in the name of Jesus. You know what happened? They started quarreling among themselves. Huh? Now they're speaking. I don't understand the language you're speaking, but they're just talking and, and it was intense. Then the next thing, they walked out and they left us. Say the power of confusion. 
Hallelujah. So you can employ, you can use confusion as a weapon against the enemy. This was what David was doing. Because God used it in Genesis 11, David is using it here in his prayers. Because people had plotted to, 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 uh, to hurt him. But confusion was, was released. There's so many scriptures. Uh, uh, time won't permit me to go into that. There's so many pictures, uh, scriptures where God used confusion. One of the things that God used to drive the enemy away from Israel is confusion. There was a time that the Assyrian army came against the children of God. And you know what? Jehoshaphat brought the worship team, the singers, the trumpeters to the battlefront. And they were singing, praise ye the Lord. His mercy endures forever and ever. Praise ye the Lord. His mercy endures forever and ever. Praise ye the Lord. His mercy endures forever and ever. Praise ye the Lord on high. Hallelujah. <laughs> they were playing and singing. And the Bible says, overnight, an angel came in, finished them. Many times you read in the Bible, you see that the, the enemies of Israel kill each other. That's what used to happen. That's why David never lost the battle. Are you getting my point? Yeah, he never lost the battle because when he's going and the enemy comes against him, confusion. In the name of Jesus, confusion. Then they turn. The captain gives an instruction and they say, who are you to talk to me like that? And the battle is over. Just like that. I release fire into the midst of every enemy. Every demonic power. Every spirit on assignment against your family. Against your progress. I release confusion into their midst. Every strategy that they have put together to stop you this year. This year they will be confounded. This year, you are going to scale over them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a, a, a clarity that will come to you, but there is confusion that will come to the enemy. To you, things will be clear. To the enemy, it will be dark. To the enemy, it will be confusing. To the enemy, he will not be able to coordinate himself. They will not be able to coordinate themselves. They will not be able to apply their strategy against us. Every spirit at war against this church. Confusion is released into their hearts. Every spirit at war against everyone in this place. Against your family. I release confusion into their hearts. I release fire into their hearts. And I release clarity over your life. Your life is going to get brighter. Your life is going to get brighter. It will get brighter. Things will get brighter. In the name of Jesus, you will not miss it anymore. You will not make foolish mistakes anymore. In the name of Jesus, no more foolishness in your life. I banish the spirit of foolishness. I banish the spirit of foolishness. Where you make decisions without wisdom, that time is over. In the name of Jesus, where you make decisions that co co cause the enemy to have an upper hand 
No more from this day. No more from this day. No more from this day. In the name of Jesus, I release the fire of God. I release the fire of God over your life, over your business, over your studies, over your family, over your career. In the name of Jesus, over your future. In the name of Jesus, in your relationships, I release fire. I release fire in the name of Jesus to burn, to burn every work of the enemy. Every strategy against you is now aborted in the name of Jesus. Every scheme against you is now aborted in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I release all angelic hosts into your life. I release angelic hosts. I commission the hosts of heaven right now to contend for you, to fight for you in the name of Jesus. To bring to pass God's purpose, God's purpose as it is in heaven, so it shall be in your life. As it is in heaven, so it shall be in your family. In the name of Jesus, I command restoration. All that you have lost, all that the enemy has stolen from you is restored right now. It's restored by fire. In the name of Jesus, I release restoration. Let the wind of restoration be released over your life to begin to blow, to begin to blow, to bring in that which you have lost. Lost opportunities I command to be restored in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every lost opportunity I command to be restored right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, a fire goes before you. A fire goes before you and consumes every enemy of progress. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. A fire goes before you. A fire goes before you. A fire goes before you. From this service, a fire has gone into your future. A fire has gone into your future. A fire has gone into your future. Consuming. Every satanic setup, every satanic arrangement, every satanic structure, every hindering structure, every hindering system. Satanic personalities, satanic entities, demonic entities, every representation of hell. I command to be consumed right now, to be taken out of your life, to be taken out of your life. It is written. That he goes before you and he makes every crooked path straight. I command the crooked places to be straightened out for you in the name of Jesus. Before you get there, before you get there, it will be cleared in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, people. Let's begin to bless the Lord. Let's begin to bless the Lord. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.